the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 444. Oh, I like that number. Uh, two special guests today, Darcy Angaro from New Zealand Everyday Investor Podcast and Andy Higgs, the GM at Centrality. Welcome, Andy. Thanks, Paul. Good to be here. So the reason that we have uh, both of you esteemed folk joining the show today is not just because you're experts in the broader realm of technology, but there's a bit to talk about uh, down the cryptocurrency track today. So Mm. maybe we can start off by delving into what on earth Facebook are up to with their cryptocurrency play. Uh, From what I've taken, we've got... um, the, the blockchain, that which they're calling Libra, uh, which we've had some interesting <laughs> discussion about before uh, the episode mm. uh, started. Uh, Rachel, whose voice you probably would have found very interesting, um, but, but, but we didn't have quite enough mics to go around. Rachel was highlighting that maybe they should have done a little bit of a sort of search on the, uh, the brand. I guess the Libra brand here in New Zealand uh, is, is actually pretty well known through their... Uh, feminine, fe- feminine, uh, feminine sanitary hygiene comfort products, right? But <laughs> may, may, maybe uh, the folks at Facebook in the US were not aware, or maybe thought, "Nah, this is fine." They didn't have the equipment it's, um, to understand and to, to empathise with with this hmm. demographic. You know, you guys have gone straight in there, haven't you? Yeah, we've gone straight. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's uh, what guys well, do. I mean, maybe. both 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 brands are tied to to freedom, so I guess that's. Uh, that's the connect. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you, there you go. So so we've got Libra as a blockchain, which has a whole lot of parties that have come on board with it. So it's not it's not it's a big party. Yeah. Just just all about Facebook, uh, and then they're launching a related product, Calibra, as a digital wallet for for storing and and spending uh, currency. So. I, I'm trying to get my head around this. Is this a, is this a good play for for Facebook? Does it you know take the focus off other things which they've been you know had a lot of negative attention for in the media? Will this make them an even more valuable entity? Will it fall on its face? What does it mean for Bitcoin? There's all these things going going around in my head. Andy, what's your what's your first take on what uh, Facebook are, are doing here? Because I mean, uh, yeah. Your whole business centrality is all all about the you know, blockchain. Um, this is your this is your world, and this I mean really bring is going to bring uh, blockchain very much into the mainstream, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. That's the exciting part. It's massive validation for blockchain as a technology. Uh, the story has been out there for a while. It was signalled a long time ago. There's been plenty of whispers, but the uh, the official white paper dropped this week. And it's been interesting to get a bit more colour on uh, the story behind the story. And uh, being being uh, one of the commercial guys at, fa- uh, at Centrality, Freudian slip there, uh, we um, quite interested in looking at the at the business model that they're they're looking at. So, and I think most people would have you know read the read the news and seen the story and gone, oh, what does this mean? And I think w- what we we're, we're seeing is um, firstly, it's really interesting that the, the the companies that have nailed their colours to the Facebook mast, 
particularly interested in Visa and MasterCard, two very well-known brands here in New Zealand, and obviously Uber as well. It's right in there. You've got eBay there. You don't have Amazon. You don't have Google. Uh, so yeah, that that's quite interesting. And and the the companies, they're, they're, it's a consortium. And so what they're basically creating is a a permissioned consortium blockchain to run the Libra currency. So Facebook is saying, well, we're not going to control the currency. We're only one vote out of, they're aiming for 100 signups by the time they launch this thing in uh, 2020. Uh, you know, haven't got a, a precise date, but when they launch, they have a, let's say they have 100. Facebook is one, one uh, node uh, operator out of, out of 100, say, so they have 1% of the control of, of the currency. Uh, but... And all the uh, what they're saying, the model is the the node uh, operators will 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 pay a hundred uh, ten million dollars for the, for the privilege of of running a node to validate uh, transactions on the network. But what that really buys you uh, as as a Visa or a Mastercard is is visibility of the blockchain. So the the transaction data. If you if you're running a node, you'll see the transactional data, which is obviously we all know data is the twenty first century gold, uh, and uh, it's the, it's the new oil, and uh, that that's really where the value is for, for signing up to being a being a partner of Facebook there. So that's the currency side. The other story, of course, is Calibra, and and people are calling it the wallet, uh, the wallet for Facebook, which is which from our point of view is great because you know currently people use cards and FPOS, and and now we're moving into the world that the WeChat customer or users much more familiar. With, which is the world of digital wallets and spending through through your device through your through your through your handset, and that is really really interesting because we think that'll help people, you know, get to, get used to the technology, which is great. Uh, but really, what Calibra is is a bank. You know, Calibra is because uh, the the Libra currency is going to be asset backed. So what that means is there'll be real real funds, real fiat currency behind the Lib- Libra currency. That they are saying that Libra will be pegged to a basket of established currencies like US dollars, like yen, uh, like euros, uh, but it um, will be asset backed. So there'll be real real funds in in um, in escrow to, to support the currency. And what Calibra is going to be able to do is, um, is provide banking services. So they'll be able to lend money to their customers. They'll be able to other be able to provide other fintech services, which is a really interesting opportunity for Facebook because Facebook's going to be the 100% owner of Calibra, or that's the, the current position. And what that means is, uh, you know, they're basically going head-to-head with the banks. So, you know, you've got Visa and MasterCard nailing their colours uh, to the mast with Facebook. Um, and, and, you know, th- that's a really good opportunity for, for fintechs in New Zealand. If you're a fintech startup, you're going to want to, Want to build on Libra, or certainly have a version built on Libra, because you're you've got an addressable market of 2.4 billion users, which is a massive global market with no friction, essentially. You know, or if you're an exporter, you'll be able to to join, sign up, and 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 target that market without having to set up bank accounts and all your uh, offshore markets um, to, co- to to collect the co- the takings. But but on the flip side, you know, Facebook. Um, is um, you know is not not domiciled in New Zealand, doesn't pay any tax here, and they're going to be going head to head with uh, the transactional banking services, which are provided mainly by um, by by domestic banks, so Australian-owned banks, New Zealand-owned banks, 
uh, who do pay pay their their share of tax here, twenty eight percent. So so there is some downside there uh, on a sort of NZ Inc basis. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of um, at a bit of wait and see in terms of you know how the banks are going to be impacted. Of course, you know the banks that are here, of course, most of them are Australian owned, so you know, a large chunk of profits tend to flow out outside the country anyway. But yeah, this highlights that we we are going to have to keep evolving the tax system as you get you know even the entities that we have today, the Apples and the Googles and and, and so on, right, who do business in New Zealand but pay you know, virtually no tax. As those global entities start growing in terms of their dominance and particularly in terms of maybe how that plays out uh, you know, in terms of taking business away from you know, more and more New Zealand retail, we're going to have to get our head around suddenly you know, tax that was being paid by lots of entities in New Zealand might well you know, shrink dramatically over time. So there's certainly some, some things that are going to be have to, have to yeah. be uh, worked out from, from that front. But in terms of the, you know, the technology we're talking about here, um, my understanding is it's it's able to handle a, a lot more transactions than certainly the the likes of Bitcoin today. Uh, I think I heard a thousand transactions a second, and I imagine that's the sort of thing that can be improved, you know, over over time uh, if if it gains the sort of popularity that you can imagine with with backers like you know, Mastercard and Facebook and you know eBay and and so on. Um, you know, you expect this to gain the sort of traction that we haven't really seen to date. Um, in in terms of uh, yeah, crypt, crypto uh, currencies, because hey, yeah. as you say, two point four billion. Uh, you know, users of, of Facebook and their, their services. Yeah, I mean, the, the transaction speed and, and scalability uh, is certainly one, one issue. And with Bitcoin, it is much harder because it is a fully public, permissionless blockchain. So you're, you've got you know countless nodes uh, validating uh, transactions. But uh, this is a, essentially a private blockchain so uh, much more centralised in terms of its architecture. It's kind of like your parents' blockchain, isn't it? Yeah, it's your parents' That's kind blo- of the vibe that I'm getting. From yeah, it anyway. is. It's your parents' blockchain. So mm. much easier to solve some of those tra- uh, scalability issues uh, in, in that environment. Uh, and, and they are talking about evolving to permissionless in a five-year horizon. So, And the technology is definitely evolving. So a lot of those issues, you know, Lightning Network and other issues with Bitcoin, are, uh, uh, the infrastructure is improving all the time in terms of uh, transaction speed. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's pleasing. But uh, yeah, as you say, your um, yeah, you, your parents' uh, blockchain. Mm. Um, I'm a bit cynical, they, they, to be honest. <laughs> well, they like to be sceptical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's an aspect here. You know, they're talking about it being stable. So you know, not mm. the ups and downs and of the the um, the likes of what we, what we've seen with other other currencies, right? So there's, there's meant to be that st- a lot more stability to it. Um, I you know heard heard some you know commentary around uh, with Calibra. You know you refer to them as a bank candy of being able to get some customer service. So if you know a transaction goes haywire. 
you haven't, you know, it's not not like w- what, 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 what we've just, <laughs> yeah. you know, seen uh, recently where a whole, well, you'd certainly hope not, where a whole lot of people, uh, you know, lost lost their money um, yeah. where, in the South Island where they were, uh, you know, had, had funds uh, with, with Cryptopia. So, you know, there, there are certainly some, some things here you can, uh, you can see how people probably be a little bit more uh, open to this than uh, to the likes of, of Bitcoin and, and other cryptocurrencies. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that, that you've raised a few issues in that, in that short uh, spiel there, but uh, let's talk to, to one of them, key, key management. So, you know, the, it's no secret that, you know, nearly 30% of Bitcoin has been lost in the last 10 years because people lose their keys. So we see a real... Uh, Important role for custody in in the in the, in the in the mix, and in, in our world, uh, there's a there's a new role in the economy uh, called the identity custodian, and that is a, an entity that you trust uh, that you would give um, uh, custody of your keys. So if you lose them, if you lose your phone or you lose your keys, you can recover them. So that might might be a bank. We see banks are pretty good at custody. Actually, we've done surveys say that banks are the most trusted. Uh, brands in terms of what they do with our data. We trust banks a lot, certainly a lot more than social media companies or even media companies. Uh, or it could be your iwi. So in, in the case of Māori, it could be uh, you, you let your um, your iwi, iwi uh, gr- uh, group uh, hold custody of your keys. So that's first thing. So there, there are solutions that are much more local than really trusting uh, a global entity. I think the, the scepticism that we all have is really uh, related to pri- uh, privacy and and there's countless privacy violations in, in Facebook's history, and the regulators have been, you know, giving them increasingly frequent whacks in this area, and they're, they're still on the hook for potentially billions of dollars of damages around some of the breaches. So, what's that going to be like when they're looking after all our banking transactions? So, you've got the the least trusted uh, industry taking control in the area where. Um, you know the most trusted entities, according to our our data here in New Zealand, uh, it traditionally have had had control. So, I think we're all right to be scepticism. That's interesting. And then in terms of the cryptopia question, I mean that is the elephant in the room, right? And I, I would would like to address that because that's kind of New Zealand's version of Mount Gox. Yeah. And yeah. And the and irony there is, um, you know, if you if you believe the reports, the the um, the keys to the wallets. And people, people, um, in, foolishly, in my opinion, left their their funds on the exchange, and then the exchange was looking after the wallets where the funds were stored, and they left the keys in a centralised server. So that the vector of the hack was the hack came in, grabbed all the keys, deleted all the files, took control of the wallets, and that's what's happened there. So it's Just got nothing nuts, to do with, isn't it? with no blockchain. Coins, yeah. Just gross negligence. By the uh, exchange operators, and that that story got still got a lot of lot 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 of um, air to run, but it's not good for our for our industry, and um, and you know we've got to be clear that it's not a blockchain problem. That is a you know, and and that's where the regulator can't can't sit back and put their head in the sand around this. You know, you've raised you know Paul the the tax situation. There's there's massive um, change coming there, and it's a very dynamic area. So. You know, the head in the sand's not going to work here. The, the the Reserve Bank, you know, the New Zealand government, you know, uh, Minister of Finance need to engage with some of these things. You know, we, we don't have nearly enough dialogue with these entities. You think this uh, is a bit of a wake-up call, though? Like, like, surely this is kind of like, well, if Facebook's doing it now, maybe it's okay to talk about it. 
Maybe this actually isn't going away. Well, Facebook's very popular in New Zealand. New Zealanders love their Facebook. You know, I, I don't know what our screen time is, but it's pretty high. So, and and our Prime Minister's shown a lot of leadership in, in, in this area in terms of some of the issues with Facebook. Um, but, you know, it's, it's time that the, the conversation spread a bit wider. And, and, and I think this is the wake-up call we need to say, OK, if they want to be a bank here in New Zealand, let, let's, let's have this conversation. It's a really important conversation. I wonder as, as well if, if there's some sort of, um, I just think of the, the, you know, the existing players. And you look at what, what Bitcoin is. You know, yeah. It's kind of like the, the oil to that water. And, and now with this Libra concept, you've, you've got... In a sense, you have something that's kind of like um, an ally to the incumbent players, right? Because now you've got somebody who's on your team who might actually help you. And I just visualize this as a bit of a war, almost in a sense of the, you know, the old system and the new system. And, and you know, there's pros and cons here. I'm, I'm probably sounding like a bit of a, a, a nut bar, I suspect, but the, not the, at all. You know, the, there's a, there's a certain amount of people that are in this space that are probably quite hardcore purists when it comes to what cryptocurrency represents, but the whole um, you know Facebookization of this space, it it probably plays more in the hands of of the existing players. Like I mean, I'm even thinking mainstream banks, governments, Visa, Mastercard, etc. That are already there. Like you say, it's it, great, isn't it? Well, I think it is. I mean, you know, as a slightly schizophrenic person, I I am a bit torn, yeah. like like, like yeah. you, Darcy. <laughs> we're we're all a bit confused at times, but uh, I see. <laughs> what are you saying? Isn't that obvious? I'm yeah. confused about. <laughs> no, no, but you're right because you're grappling with the issues. And I think on one hand, we've got this opportunity for to take the technology mainstream, which is really exciting, which is a real tailwind for, for you know for people like us who are in the industry and uh, helping you know break the break the market into using uh, digital wallets and the and the infrastructure around digital uh, currency and on the other other hand you've got the fact that uh, you know we see the battle actually as a battle for our data and to take right. control of our data back and Facebook is what it's a data monopoly I mean do we want to trust Facebook with with all our data with with not just our you know our kind of social media data but all our, our transactional data um, for me that does feel feel like a step too far I mean think think about it if, if you're a New Zealand media company you know some would say the, the used car salesman of data because they're kind of you know they're, they're kind of local operators they're, they're not in the big leagues with the big monopolies who have been you know trying to kill their businesses for for a few years and here they are trying to operate and they do all this work to build brands locally and then create this uh, consumer awareness and then they lose the last the last click to, to Google or Facebook, which is the most valuable click uh, around things like e-commerce, um, and you know that attribution piece is, is really important. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good opportunity to maybe introduce what we're building, which is a, is a chance to build a build our own, you know, equivalent locally where we can capture a, a, a greater share of the value, and that's certainly the the story we'll be we'll be going out with. You know, we we need an alternative, which uh, which is uh, NZ Inc. homegrown, which um, you know, which was possibly fairer to New Zealanders. So, what's uh, what's been the the number one focus of Cryptopia um, um, Centrality? Sorry, get my, get my brands that. mixed up. There's a bit up. of a difference there. Uh, we don't, we, don't want, we don't really want those two brands in the same breath. Uh, um, 
centrality. What's what's been what's been your focus in recent months? What are you what are you working on? Well, you know, I mean, we're we're a we're a VC and we're a we're a technology company. So the VC side, we've invested in some really exciting businesses which are building real real use cases using this technology. Businesses like Aho, which is a community management uh, platform for iwi for indigenous people, businesses like IAMOB, which is the Internet of Mobility, a, a de- decentralised Uber, if you will. Uh, so that's uh, open mobility marketplaces. We can we can delve into that, which basically putting your uh, all, all the transport inventory in, in in one place to make make it easier to. To, to make the transition from private cars to other forms of mobi- mobility, we've been talking a bit about cycling and and scooters, uh, also you know cars and transit, uh, and then we've also been um, yeah investing in businesses like Yabble, which are building a data marketplace where consumers can actually monetize their own own data. Yeah. Uh, so that's on the VC side, and then on the on the technology side, we're building our own blockchain, uh, ScenesNet, which is a right. a public permissionless blockchain. Which um, uh, you know, at the heart of that is is our ID protocol, uh, Donut, which gives um, gives users control of their own data, and uh, but but the benefit of uh, Donut is the user experience is is is, um, is equivalent to what you'd get in the centralized world. So it's yeah, there's been some really groundbreaking work go on by the team around. Uh, dealing with all the tough problems around delegating permission across connected applications. You know, uh, WeChat calls them, um, you know, mini apps and how you create this kind of seamless user journey uh, on platform without having the hurdle of, uh, you know, having to, um, you know, sign up again. So we call it single sign-on. So basically a, a Facebook login for the decentralized world which, which you're in control of, which is, yeah, something that we're really passionate about. Oh, interesting. Well, we'll certainly have to delve a bit more into that, maybe in a, in another episode. Um, we've got a few other things to to dive into, so let's uh, let's walk through those, and then we'll see how we go for time, where there's a bit more time to uh, um, share any other any other thoughts. Um, Huawei. Now, you know they've really been uh, dealt a pretty big, uh, pretty big blow by uh, uh, the US and uh, and 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 Trump, obviously in in recent weeks. And now they're they're saying that they could lose as much as uh, thirty billion dollars uh, in in revenue uh, over you know I think over the over the um, the next the next period from this. Um, I mean, I don't know how you know whether it's in their interests to to highlight what the potential is of uh, you know of the this ban because I think in a in a worst case scenario. You know, they, they could be out of business entirely. Uh, you know, I guess there there are probably aspects of their business that uh, um, you know don't rely on the US. But when you know, when you have a look at look at their their business in terms of what they do with networks, uh, in terms of what they do with mobile phones, and I know there's you know there's a bunch of other areas they're in. Uh, you know, most of those have some sort of reliance on you know tie back to uh, American chip makers. Uh, they they tie back to uh, ARM who have uh, who have you know gone ahead with the ban, even though they're not a uh, 
an American company and Android, Google and the yeah and piece, so on, yeah. right? So you've got all, all of these you know bit, bits and pieces. Even you know even even, uh, even Facebook. So they're not you know no longer allowed to put uh, Facebook uh, you know directly on the on the on their phones out of the out of the box in terms of uh, new ones coming through in the in the future. Um, so yeah, the the impact of it. Yeah, could be could be quite devastating, but it does seem as though uh, they're you know they're working very hard to to try and ensure that doesn't happen. Meanwhile, not knowing uh, if this ban will suddenly get get uh, get lifted, right? And that's uh, yeah. th- th- it's, it's totally possible that there would be some sort of uh, some sort of turn turnaround. Uh, although you, you can sort of see with, with what the US are doing, they are, they are probably getting the results that they were they Trump, were looking making, look, looking for, right? Again. Um, he really fi- is. Yeah, I mean, fi- yeah. Fin- financially, they're, they're getting Am I the a- only Trump supporter in the room here. No, I mean, he's <laughs> got a hand they're, 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 they're certainly getting a lot of wins. And you know, you look at the, the manufacturing in China, uh, where you know those tariffs have come on, and there's a whole lot of manufacturing moving out of China. Now, it's not necessarily going back to the US. Uh, in, you know, in fact, it, it seems to be going probably everywhere. Everywhere, but you know, there, there, there's probably elements of manufacturing uh, that will increase. In the in the US, um, but my guess is may, mm. maybe because it's automated and and robotics and so on. But certainly, uh, you know, business moving to other other countries within uh, within Asia and you know maybe you know South America, Mexico, and 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 the like. But it does seem as though these uh, these tariffs are having a you know a, a really big impact, and and they're hitting so many American companies. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I have to say, I mean, my observations would be that uh, you know Trump is is a, a hell of a short term negotiator, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you know the art of the deal, uh, which he didn't even write apparently, which he didn't even write, uh, you know. But it's not all about instant gratification. Uh, you know, the Chinese play the long game, and uh, you know, I think it's a bit of a case of watch this space. Huawei is a very strong company, so you know, builds great products. And, uh, you know, is Android the only solution for an operating system? So, you know, they can shop elsewhere. And the the other thing is, so you think about what the long game looks like for Huawei. I mean, they, you know, they're right embedded in, uh, you know, the Chinese uh, economy and, and, you know, ownership and... And so they have been caught in the in the crossfire, but you know some of the some of the, the case against Huawei, the you know obviously they're uh, you know uh, you know one of our uh, main choices for 5G infrastructure. Um, you know the UK have said yes, they want want Huawei, so you know that's um, a bit of a bit of a precedent. And if you talk about backdoors into um, you know into this uh, you know telecommunications infrastructure, I mean they all they all have backdoors. You know they it's a, it goes with the territory. I mean, Cisco's got backdoors, and it's just a question of you know they they need it. So no one's ever said that the um, and there's different layers to the infrastructure. So you know they might have a backdoor to the you know the hardware layer or, or or the network layer, but there's there's other layers where you can put security in in place. So yeah, so, they just seem to have a bunch of security security issues, and yeah, as, as yeah. you say, other, a, others have got those issues. Yeah. On the Android issue, yeah. uh, if we we look at Amazon. All of their uh, devices, their Amazon Fire devices, and so on. Uh, I think they just they just launched a new their um, uh, seven-inch tablet uh, that runs a modded version 
of Android. So they take the open source pieces of Android. They don't have the Google Play Store. And then, you know, everything runs on top of that. And, uh, you know, most, you know, major software is available yeah. to, to run on those devices because they're big enough that it's worth the while for app make makers to be uh, to be an Amazon store. So yeah, there are ways around this without actually yeah. having that uh, that that deep relationship uh, with, with with Google. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's, yeah, it's some interesting. It's a good thoughts point. There. I mean, the open source movement is the future, and and we see a future which is all about ecosystems. So you got to pick your ecosystem. So in that case, in the example you've given there, Paul, Amazon's creating their own ecosystem, and I think that's what will happen with Huawei. They'll create their own ecosystem, and there's already some pretty strong ecosystems in China because they've got the the jump certainly in the mobile space yeah well they already have i think yeah. they already have their own app WeChat. store and 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 huawei one work, works <laughs> fine for for the chinese market yeah. right so uh, it might just be that, that, that they're moving that uh in that direction they might have to uh you know if that's what they were able to do and they were able to work out the issues with chips and and other things which will be it would be a problem for them in the in the short term and it might uh, you know might take some quite quite some time to actually address that but if they're able to address all of all of those things then you know you could certainly see them coming back into the into the market if the US issues aren't uh, aren't resolved um, the other headline I saw that was interesting was that they're uh, they're moving uh, they've got some uh, some involvement in the world of uh, autonomous vehicles now um, Dust you're uh, you're an electric vehicle owner. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you know, it's you, autonomous. You, you've been you've I'm been fo following some of the, uh, um, you know, some of the autonomous uh, yeah. car movements as as well. Um, I guess the ch the Chinese um, level of investment in, in R and D, not just Huawei, but you know across the varying companies. There. And I mean, Huawei themselves have been spending huge money on on R and D, and they have that uh, that benefit in terms of what every dollar spent on research and development in China usually goes a lot further than a similar uh, dollar spent in the US. Do you, uh, you, you think that um, you know, we'll see quite a bit of traction uh, here out, yeah, I think so. out of China? Yeah, I think so. I, th I know that you know, like China will find a way. They'll find a way to get in. You know, they're not going to go away. They're, they're not just going to roll over and die. And maybe one of the arenas that we'll see that will be with uh, vehicle technology, with um, autonomous vehicle tech. And yeah, I can see it happening. And mm. you know, to be honest, like what's the worst that could happen? They just hack into all our vehicles, and, and now you know, <laughs> we're just we're just like an army of, of the Chinese. Game. Actually, <laughs> yeah, thanks for mentioning oh, that, Darcy, because because um, yeah, the the you've had that thought as well. No, no, the, <laughs> the, the machine economy is is a classic uh, blockchain use case. So centralized architecture is, um, you know, it doesn't doesn't work in this kind of a distributed world yeah, of yeah. machines, and and you know that distributed ledger technology is a much better way to secure the the, the Internet of Things. Because or, or you've machines. got this battle between yeah. the, the the centralized kind of closed group, and then yeah. this open source decentralized thing, yes, which is permissionless and it's available, and and that's where there's almost a battle going on there as well. 
Yeah, totally. And and you know, you don't want people. Uh, you know, and and manufacturers have sort of put a limit on the innovation around things like smart appliances and even big mining rigs because they're worried about. Uh, you know, hackers getting in and taking control and you know, turning on your oven and blowing your house up. So until you have this new decentralised, uh, more secure infrastructure in place, we won't realise the full benefit of the machine economy. So, yeah. you know, uh, driverless cars are a classic use case for that. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. good. I think it'll be, it'll be good though, like in practice, right? Like yeah. if, if you can kind of jump in, into your electric car that just charges itself overnight and you just kind of go, it, it syncs up with your diary and you're at work. It's going to give us a lot of time back, isn't it? It is. I, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm genuinely looking forward to it. And everything like this comes with a bit of a risk, right? That you're not trusting who's really driving and what information they're gathering. But, you know, I'm not that special where I'm that, you know, I, I'm not, I don't care who's got my data to a certain extent, like especially with where I'm driving. Yeah. Is it really I, I think deal? there's some interesting aspects of this that we can look. I don't know if either of you have watched R- Wallace and Gromit. You you watch the Wallace and I Gromit accidentally uh, with my yeah, uh, yeah. out of the U- UK. Yeah. Uh, so my son, well me, uh, was was what what came up on Netflix <laughs> or, or or somewhere. Um, I was trying trying to change the um, uh, what was it that he was watching some some on some video gaming stuff that was streaming, and I was like, look, just watch something a bit more traditional, will you today? Because <laughs> I'm in the room as well. And so we uh, we watched Wallace and Gromit. I was quite impressed with the the automation. Um, uh, he gets um, Wallace gets tipped out of his tipped out of his bed. A door opens up uh, in the floor, and then he gets dropped into his trousers. That's the toast it. automatically <laughs> makes itself, and That's right. yeah, there, there's a lot of automation here here still to come, and That's we don't necessarily need uh, <laughs> uh, you know the the uh, is, the autonomous the, car is, that, tech on its own. We nah. need all of the bits sort of lined up, right? So yeah. you know, you wake up in the morning, and and suddenly you're uh, at your destination. All of it's been done That's for right. you. Give that me is. a machine that makes the kids' lunches. That'll that'll do me. <laughs> Sounds Definitely. like a good idea. And maybe that was like a subtle little, you know, maybe Wallace and Gromit has really been put put there yeah. by the Chinese government just to soften the blow yeah. when that Prepare happens, us. you know? Prepare <laughs> us. But just to call you out on something, Darcy, um, just the, the, the head in the sand on, say, you know, Uber controlling all mobility, I, I think that that is a bit irresponsible. You know, the, the thing is, it, it is a barrier to innovation because if Uber controls all mobility, you know, not just cars and, and scooters, but everything else, you know, to make it easy, you know, mm. great, they could, they could create the most amazing mobility experience. You know, it, it, it does, it does concentrate a lot of economic power and responsibility in one one mm. entity but also it is oh but they're so trustworthy yeah <laughs> but, but what you're nailing though is, is yeah. that it's it's so easy it's that so, sadly it probably will work because it's so easy it would work hey it'd be great it'd be amazing yeah. except for the fact that you lose all the innovation that could come from the community yeah so the the, the localized solution so what we would propose in the case of the mobility example is you, you aim for that 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 seamless single sign-on experience to mobility, but you create some open source infrastructure. So you basically abstract the data layer from the application layer so everyone can play and there's a level playing field. So so new services can emerge, services that we haven't even thought of. Mm. You know, uh, and not, I'm not just talking about flying cars. You know, there, there's, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of innovation and there will be a lot of more innovation in the mobility space, things that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, yeah I, I guess ultimately these things are uh, yeah, very much driven by the market yeah. and you know who comes to market in the right time, how how easy things are to use, who gets behind and, and, and backs them. Uh, and 
that's you know, I guess why we're taking interest in you know in Facebook's latest moves, right? Because they are so big and they have such dominance that if you know if they do something, it can just steamroll you know in anything else. And 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 that's part you know part of the challenge. We you know where where something new comes along that there's maybe a better approach doesn't guarantee that it's going to uh, it's going to you know push the ubers and so on of this world aside or yeah. or, or be able to uh, you know bring the change that we might look for but that that's where uh you know the likes of you guys and, and others have to uh, have to really be mm-hmm. you know innovating and uh, and and making all the yeah. dots line up actually right? yeah well facebook's track record on innovation hasn't been great you know they've been talking ar for a long time they've got nowhere uh, sensibly, and they've also introduced marketplaces. They introduced their own version of Trade Me. That didn't fly. Yeah, so, you know, this isn't necessarily going to fly anyway, you know, even if they do get the, mm. you know, get it, you know, put their best foot forward. So, you know, there's Fair a lot point. of issues yeah. around this. Yeah, there were a lot of headwinds there, like yeah. you know, regulation, yeah. Yeah. adoption, cross-border tax, all that sort of stuff. It's going to yeah. be, they've got a lot of hurdles, right? And and, and we think, you know, in, in our kind of uh, incorporating the world mindset that, Innovation doesn't normally, uh, you know, come from the corporates, you know, people in comfortable salaried roles. It, it comes from the people that are hungry in mm. startups trying to innovate. You know, that is where it happens. Mm. Uh, so they're not necessarily going to come up with the best solution anyway. But they might buy it. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, in a decentralized But it is world, a battle, isn't yeah. it? Like what yeah. you say, it's, it's a battle between this, this open source level playing field everybody has the right to play yeah versus this closed group where only the big guys can play only the big guys play and they just it's like a vortex they suck all the value out of the economy but it's that convenience piece that will always i guess play in their favor right totally Uh, totally so one of our the two the two our two first recruits were in the design and user experience space sweet because you know we we have to deliver a better a better experience or at least as good if not better yeah uh to compete Now, uh, a couple of other things before we finish up. Uh, Walmart in the US have launched an unlimited uh, grocery delivery service, which um, you know might might not seem of of much relevance here in New Zealand, but because they are you know just so massive, um, this will be interesting in terms of how they go against Amazon. And when you look at that, that e-commerce transactions in the US, Amazon are just so dominant. It's, it's crazy uh, and there's you know there's it looks like there's sort of crumbs left for the rest but if you if you look at um, Walmart and I've rec- recently read the, uh, the 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 founders uh, story read his book and you know they've got just these massive stores spread you know right across the country so as they as they figure out how to uh, you know ramp up what they do from an e-commerce perspective They've got more warehouses than 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 Amazon in in effect as they adjust their stores, which I imagine they would do over you know over time. You know the the space that's available for retail might shrink, and the spaces that they have available for distribution, and they've had distribution centres for you know for decades. So uh, this one's just going to be interesting to see uh, how it plays out. Uh, of course, Walmart not in this part of the world, but they are in you know a number number of other countries. But US is is very much their uh, 
their their home market. So um, yeah, I think that 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 one will be uh, will be a fascinating watch. I've um, you know just been looking at, at some of their in, endeavors as they as they try to re-engineer the business, and I keep wondering, Ooh, is this, you know is now a good time to be in, investing uh, in them as a business? And it'd be very much a gamble because you don't know whether they will pe- pull you know pull off what they're trying to do. Um, Am- but, Amazon or Walmart? Uh, Walmart. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be quite, it is an interesting quite interesting model. I mean, to see I, how that I lands. I think I'm, I'm not a professional advisor or investment advisor, so but but I do think it's an interesting move by Walmart and one certainly worth watching. But I think the the local opportunity uh, that, that you sort of raise there, Paul, is with New Zealand Post. You know, here's mm, here's an entity right. that needs to reinvent itself. They're hitting a bit of a brick wall. They've got the same situation. They've got real estate. Yeah. They've got high street stores. You know, they've got they've got. Um, po- I mean, actually, in some ways, with Courier Post, with their JV, with DHL, they they're hitting people's houses every day, and certainly their streets every day. Um, a subscription model for them is certainly something they should look at. Yeah, I think they've done some experimentation in that space. I think yeah. there's a lot going on internally. Yeah. Uh, as with all of these things, it, it, it's hard to, to land on exactly what's a right yeah. fit. But for, for me, I'm, I'm very keen to see our local entities, you know, experiment and get it Absolutely. right. And, you know, as Kiwis, we should be supporting our local firms, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I remember, you know, years ago sort of saying as, as we started seeing some local streaming services, let's support these because we know the, yeah. you know, the Netflixes and so on come into town uh, and, you know, potentially just own everything and NZ that, and that might, might feel, yeah. feel, <laughs> feel good from a consumer perspective, but not good for New Zealand Inc. So, you know, we, uh, we, we've got to, um, you know, make sure that we, uh, we stay competitive and that we don't just sort of cede everything that goes on in this country to uh, to big uh, global entities. To, uh, when, you, when, you, when you look at the, the subscription, just going back to the, the pragmatics of how that would actually mm. work. So subscription implies that you're getting more frequent deliveries of a smaller size, right? Well, the, well, the subscription in, in the case of... Um, the likes of what Amazon do and Walmart do is free delivery, mm. so you can order as often as you as you like within certain constraints, and then they'll deliver free. Now the Walmart, this Walmart one is uh, grocery delivery subscription service. So right. yeah, I haven't looked into exactly um, all the ins and outs of how how it will play out over time, mm. uh, but I think it's got you know it's got that yeah. element of, of getting kind of, free deliveries. They've got to do drones still though, eh? like to actually make that physically possible to do more frequent stuff eventually the, the drone tech's got to get up there as well too so it goes part and parcel well parcel. as we move into autonomous whatever types of technology true, yeah. then that's that helps bring yeah bring down that's the true. cost yeah, right self-driving car there'll, there'll be, be, doing the deliveries there'll, there'll be no jobs for us left of, right. of course no i'm kidding i'm sure there will be plenty of jobs um but there will be changes in this and the you know in the type of work people do um, the other story that caught my attention ethiopia uh got hit with a massive internet outage last week and i was doing a little bit of reading through what bbc was saying about it and they were talking about it uh, potentially tying tying in uh, with exam time in uh, in Ethiopian schools, and that people were cheating. So I think it wasn't just the internet; it was text messaging that went out. This has happened in Ethiopia before, uh, and a big you know multi day uh, multi day outage, and it just the mind boggles 
that an you know an economy any economy wherever around the world can afford to just you know flick off the internet to you know stop something like exam cheating and 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 what that must yeah. actually mean so yeah 2016 and 2017 uh, apparently they shut off the internet to block um, the leaking of stolen exam answers and and now they've had an outage of yeah. I know a, a, around a uh, around a week which is just I mean can you imagine New Zealand not having internet uh, for a no, week no it's I mean another example of the perils of centralization and centralized power uh, Preach it, brother. Yeah. Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah, just drop that in again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Big Brother is not not not, not, not always benevolent, is he? <laughs> but like when you tie this back to what we started with, uh, of, with with Libra, you know, like what is it? A billion of the world's population isn't currently being served by financial services. But if I you thought you were talking about hygiene products. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing, but we're not going to go there. But if if you look at you know, Ethiopia is a, a good. Um, good case for this because it, it goes part and parcel with some sort of global satellite system which i'm sure you've talked about before on the mm-hmm. show where internet now is everywhere and, and, it, and then that's mm-hmm. decentralized as well and if that was the case then something like libra operating on you know the carrier which can't be hacked now you can serve that percentage of the population which is currently excluded but and if most people were on a standard localized internet connection yeah. and they were relying on an electronic yeah, currency, down everything. right? Yeah, then you're, then, you're then ev- everything's broken. I mean, in New Zealand, where FPOS runs over internet connections and so on. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, certainly th- that aspect of uh, cryptocurrencies being used to to make uh, payments, you yeah. know, payments, it has and, to go and transactions and, parcel, and, and and monetary uh, storage more accessible is a very interesting story but I mean we, we could dive into into a big rabbit yeah. hole there yeah. in terms of what that might look like and uh, you know micro loans and all sorts of other things that potentially you know get get enabled with yeah. this uh, technology but uh, yeah on the Offline on the positive side there's yeah. um, you know certainly other alternatives from that connectivity perspective mm. as, as you say Darcy and you know as we see those um, you know lower cost uh, satellite internet that's that's fast and low cost you know yeah. roll out um, that you know that would potentially break the back of this type of thing uh, because yeah people would be able to hook in that way and then you know potentially distribute their yeah. their mm-hmm. own uh, you know in, internet more broadly from there once it once right. it has network the resilience is I think the uh, yeah. the, the aspiration mm. there yeah. uh, all right yeah well that brings us to the end of this uh, episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast so thank you both very much for uh, for joining the show um, Andy Higgs where do people track you down if they want to uh, want to get in touch with Centrality or yourself yeah well uh, centrality.ai is our website uh, check out the new de- developer portal uh, it's op- open for uh, development all open source uh, and I'm on Andy at centrality.ai excellent excellent and uh Darcy? Yes, you forgot who I was for a second there. No, no, I was just having yeah, another yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. As I tend to do, my head bounces around. Yeah. I'm going to come back to the other the other thought yeah, about yeah, yeah. two new podcasts you're after you've told us how I want to know about that too. Track, track you down. Yeah, so, okay, people can track me down on darcy.ungaro, U-N-G-A-R-O, at nzeveryday.investor.com. And 
Paul. I want to know about the, about the other podcast as well. So, okay, so those that are the interested in an investment, of yes, course, the New Zealand definitely. Everyday Investor. Yeah. Um, we've been working with a couple of entities over the over the last um, uh, couple of weeks on some new podcasts. So those who are interested in keeping up with. Uh, financial news from a local perspective economy watch uh, podcast has launched from interest.co.nz that's a daily show monday to friday uh quite short with just sort of new news um highlights so very easy to uh, consume Uh, and the other one uh our first uh foray into working with the political parties in new zealand is politics in full sentences which uh, the ACT Party have uh, have launched so, and we've been helping them on on that one as well. Uh, I hope we will uh, we will end up with a balanced spread of political parties with uh, with podcasts in in New Zealand. Um, so, if anybody is involved in the world of politics and is wondering uh, how they could get their party uh, on board with a with a podcast as well, feel free to get in touch. Cool. Uh, you can reach me on email paul.spain at gorillahq.com, uh, and of course you can find us at NZ Tech podcast.com thanks everyone catch you next week see you the new zealand tech podcast brought to you by gorilla technology proactive and strategic it